0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Three Masons podcast. I'm your occasional host, Abby, with our other occasional hosts, Cindy, Gloria, and today we're going to um, do a movie review, right? Yeah, probably this is the first time we've done anything sort of review related. I'm not sure if something is going to happen again, to be honest, but it was just... I suppose we wanted to do this one because I think we have a lot of thoughts concerning this movie review. Um, we, how did how did this idea come about, Gloria? Um, well, it basically started just because, well, for two reasons. Well, because we're Christian, and two, because we kind of have a thing for ranting about bad movies. Well oh. well, oh, wait, hold wait, on, hold we on, on wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me explain myself before you jump on me. So, well, we we're talking, we're going to be reviewing the movie I Still Believe that was released in 2020, and it is a biopic about the Christian musician Jeremy Camp. Now. Of course, Jeremy Camp is Christian, and we grew up listening to a lot of Christian rock, and he was a Christian rock musician. But I say bad movie because my um, first impression from the trailer was not very positive. Excuse me. So, even if it was not a bad movie, which we'll get into, our, um, our immediate reaction was that it was going to be of interesting quality. It is true that when the news came out, I think the news came out, what, in 2019, um, there was not any sort of hope or necessarily interest, actually, in actually seeing the movie. We just saw it. It was like, this is cringe. And we sort of let that be. But what changed our minds to actually come see it? Running out of ideas for a podcast episode will um, change your mind. This podcast episode was actually supposed to be released last week, but things were happening and so things kind of got in the way but um I mean listen, we didn't know what to do. we were bored quarantine be different. Switzerland has been getting into lockdown after lockdown basically they call it... right. but they, they they call it semi confinement because it's not full confinement if we're not it's not like we're locked in our and our houses permanently we can still go shopping and multiple people can go out at once you know we, I'm still seeing groups of people partying and stuff so um way to keep the you know what I'm gonna speak positive things and say I'm loving that the COVID numbers are going down so yeah that's kind of how we ma- managed to stumble our way into watching the film um it's like two hours so we had to divide it into two watchings but now that it's finished Um, I think we can have our our, our full thoughts. So how do we start? I think we need to be careful to really walk through things. I think we get tempted to skip to the good bits, but let's start with how the beginning started, okay? So the film opens up and, you know, the sort of, like, scenic imagery and stuff as they're they're showing, you know, the title, you know, cards and all that. The sort of, you know, the director and stuff, and it's supposed to be, like, a... It's trying to evoke some sort of nostalgia, but I'm going to be honest. Amplifying the orange in a movie doesn't really bring bring any nostalgia for me. Listen, the '90s did have a lot of orange, but it almost feels more like you just turned the saturation up. On you know that you know that filter, that saturation filter on Windows Live Movie Maker. Like made like things like really like intense, or like you remember when like all like those film editors on YouTube were so obsessed about the teal and orange sort of g- g- combo look on a film basically any sort of film that tries to evoke a sort of like past era specifically of the era is meant to be set in which is the year is 1999 they always have to put that yellow orange tint on everything to make you feel like wow old times but i feel like it was a little bit too aggressive but like it kind of starts like what you expect every single movie about a a young man who's going to university, which and I don't know if it's the, the, I don't know if it's an American thing, but, like, why is he going off to university at age 20? Don't don't you, it doesn't you, you they usually start university at, like, 18. Well, it depends. You finish high school at, at 18, but then you have the choice to whether or not you're going to take a time off to figure out what you want to study in university, or just start straight away. I guess. Well, you know, we'll start with the almost horrendously stereotypical packing scene. Like, hold on. If you remember the high school movie phase of the 2000s, you know how this goes. Back, first of all, is it just me or or do I always feel uncomfortable when there are suitcases on the bed? I think that's just you. Maybe it's you. But I think uh, it's especially if the suit... I think it's it's particularly if the suitcase has wheels, you kind of have you used it on the floor before? So it's... Like, it's it's dirty, it's nasty, and have have you ever seen somebody scrub down a suitcase? No, so you know that there's some fifteen year old dirt on that thing. I'm sorry. Anyhow, but like you know, the the packing, the interacting what's the fact, like normal movie stuff. There wasn't anything You're that anything was striking. The there wasn't anything that was striking us other than the fact that the actor who plays Jeremy Camp, uh, KJ Abba. He don't really be looking like Jeremy Camp. And I think that's actually probably the thing that made us cringe in the first place when we first saw the trailer. So I guess this is where we segue a little bit and talk about the casting. We- Why do you have to spoil? <laughs> it's oh, to nat- oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's supposed to naturally ease in. But anyhow, the casting. Um, Let's just say we had some pretty strong opinions, and I'm going to be honest, it was kind of an and I eyesore while we were watching it, I think. So like when we said, we grew up listening to Jeremy Camp and I'm saying it like it was casual listening, but it was aggressive <laughs> listening. Like, you know how the, the K-pop people, I'm saying that as if we were K-pop stands for a while, but you know how the K-pop people do like that thing where they stream, like now it's kind of infiltrated into Western music also, but like the, where you kind of like listen to the, the song again and again and again and again. That's basically what we were doing, but with Jeremy Campides. Like, it was pretty obsessive. Let's just say we know him, okay? We know him. So, it was a little bit uncomfortable when you see a man who looks completely different from him. Has no similarities in body language, in voice, in face, in nothing to somebody who you saw a lot growing up and then after you just say everybody's gonna like, oh, go jeremy camp in the film just like that he- we're not asking you to find a clone but you need to be able to evoke you're supposed to suspend you you like yes you you're supposed to suspend your disbelief while you're watching a film but it can't be just a point where it's somebody who looks completely different like for example I was very critical about Rami Malek being chosen for Freddie Mercury because I just seen absolutely no similarities. Like you can't just get two Middle Eastern people and be like, <laughs> Freddie Mercury, Freddie Mercury. That's what it felt like to me. Like I, like yeah, I guess they both have very prominent facial features, but not in the same ways, you know. So it was like, uh, but you know, I could if I squinted enough because like, they put the effort into you know getting like. The, the the different hair styles right for the different time periods you know the long hair in the 70s and the short hair in the 80s and stuff you know like to the point that you could be like mm, i'll i'll try and convince myself that this is freddie mercury like it, like it doesn't necessarily look completely like freddie mercury but like you understand oh this is a freddie mercury that's happening on the screen right now mm-hmm. whereas I, f- I felt like with um kj Appa's jeremy kemp out all the, the entire time i wasn't thinking this is jeremy kemp like this is kj appa and yeah, I'm just seeing I'm him... playing Jeremy Camp right now. Uh, but, like, it, 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 I didn't even... I, like, nothing of Jeremy Camp spoke in my mind. I was just seeing yeah. a guy, act like, just walking around doing stuff. Being called, being called Jeremy Camp. Like, not even, like, I need the... You know, like, something that a lot of the new biopic actors try to do, like, look at the way that they move. Like, for example, with... with I'm critical of all biopics, but there was the Judy Garland biopic that happened, like, I think last year. Sir, so, I have feelings against biophysics, but that's going to be moved on to later. But like she was, you know, trying to get you know the stance correctly. The fact that you know she used her left arm, all these sort of tiny details. Of that it's not just that they look like the person, but that they feel like they're acting like the person. You know, like for example. If you were, I'm sure you've seen enough comedians impersonate Trump for the last four years that you know that his hand movements are very particular and so it's easy to recognize him. But if we imagine if he was moving his hands the way that, I don't know, Laurence Olivier moves his hands, it would be a little bit like. And that's that's not Donald Trump. There's something wrong in there, the glitch <laughs> in the simulation. So like it, it's important to evoke them in all sorts of ways. And I don't think Katie Abbott, whether it was visually, vocally, spiritually. <laughs> <Yeah>, I'm joking. <laughs> good- uh, I'm joking. But like there was nothing that I felt like you were seeing him. You know. Yeah. And I mean we'll we'll get to the other cast members later. I feel, but let's continue back to the story. So we're seeing Jeremy pack up to go, I can't remember where in America. Did Did anybody care to remember? (laughs) He was definitely not in Kansas. I do not, I I am going to be honest. I I do not remember where it was, but the university was really fancy. Anyway, he's he's packing up, Aggre- and he's packing up, and th- there was the scene. There's like you know, the you know the good guy scene to show the, everybody that he's a good guy, where he's talking to his, his youngest brother, telling him like the here's the phone, you can call me and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There always has to be a scene. The good boys. Boy- oh, <laughs> moves to California, of course. the scene where there's the main character being good with kids. Mm-hmm. That's the telltale sign. That they are indeed the good folks. Um, but yeah, so he's. Ha- it's, like it's, it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's like it's a, it's a typical movie trope. Right? It, yeah, it's you know, it's like an easy, cheap trick to like for, try and feign sympathy for the, for the person. They like kids! Just, <sighs> it appeals to our base instincts for looking for suitable partners. <laughs> I know this is aggressive, but like it's a little bit, I think for me, it's just it's too noticeable. Like, you know how everybody's like, do you know that Hitler liked dogs? Like, it's that thing where, like, you can't rely on, like, the things that they, you know, like, they're good. Oh, they're good with animals. Oh, they're good with, with, with... I I don't know, like, especially, like, right in the beginning where uh, we know Jeremy Camp, of course, but imagine somebody who doesn't even know anything about him. And then you're already trying to... Cram in, then he's good with kids. You must like this man thing. It's like, I don't know, it's, it's very cheap, but it's not something they're just saying, no, The whole movie is, oh, I hate this movie just because of that, you know. Like, that's that's some no, that's cheap so stuff, funny. you know. That's cheap movie critic stuff to hang on to. Yeah, that's low hanging fruit. Uh, that's that's cinema sins, like you said while oy, we were watching. Oy, no oh, no name oh. calling. No name calling. All no name right, calling. Okay. okay. I'm so sorry, I forgot. I'm not trying to shade them at all. It's just, it's. You, I mean, you know. <laughs> okay. okay so um, he moves wow. that he moves there and I, I did not have to stoop that low you weren't stooping low you've just um blew your cover and so anyhow he moves He he's going to california and before he goes to california he's gifted this guitar um and you know he he have yeah he you know he, he was playing it training on other guitars but this was like a proper like you know pretty good quality guitar so it means a lot you know that he since he's moving and stuff you know he's starting a new life basically it's that sort of thing where it feels like there's a new chapter opening for him and so he moves to a cavalry chapel bible college it's one of those christian schools you know that murica has i've never seen a like strictly religious school in Switzerland, I don't think. They they're probably there, but it's probably more like Freemason school. Anyhow. (laughs) So anyhow, so he moves to California into his college. And that's when we start to meet the the basically the supporting cast that we're gonna see for the rest of the film. I believe the first person that we see sort of that's not Jeremy Camp, if you will is the, after they show him like settling in and stuff inside the, the college. Inside of college he goes to the sort of concert i believe yeah because he sees a sign that it's basically like for like you know to kind of seek talent you know around the university and he decides to you know join the the concert and that's where we meet uh uh, uh excuse me that's where you meet uh john luke and I, I have to say the first time i heard it I thought that it was like John Luc as in J O H N L U K E, but his actual name is Jean Luc, like the French version. And then just like, this is a criminal. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's, it's like, it's like how it's, yeah, it's spelled, it's like he even has like, his, his last name is La Joie. What kind of, this is so Christian name? What? Jean Luc La Joie? It's like it's full on French, and I'm wondering how do they pronounce la joie? Because I, you know how Americans say la croix when it's la joie, it's literally the cross. It's spelled it's spelled la joie, Jean Luc la joie. I'm just like this is a full on French human being here. <laughs> yeah. But I think I think it's better for them to just say John luc than to yeah, say no, than it, to butcher the no, pronunciation. It, no, no, it was just that I was confused that they were pronouncing it John luc as if it was spelled in, the, in in the English version when it's a full-on French name anyhow. That's another issue. But he meets him, he's another musician there and so they kind of bond over the fact that they like music, you know, typical college movie stuff. Mm-hmm. And while there's this concert happening, we get or meet cute. <laughs> meet cute's are very important. Yeah. Uh, it sets the tone of the relationship. It sets the tone of the relationship. What kind of dyna- dynamic the people involved in the relationship are going to have, yeah. and so that's why a meet cute can kind of make or break yeah. how we're gonna, sh- how hard we're gonna how- ship the the couple. How do we? And I think I- I'm gonna be honest. We of course naturally ship the the couple because, I mean, we know Jeremy can't, but how do we? How, how you keep saying we know Jeremy Kevin? It kind of we makes know. it sound like we we know him personally. We do not know him personally, but we know him as a celebrity. Okay, I mean we don't know him personally yet. I'm joking. I'm not going to try and infiltrate into his into his friendship circle. Anyhow, <laughs> but how do we rate this this meet cute, children? Uh, I think it's like a, it's moderate. I would say. I would say it's a little bit aggressively movie like because it is i'm pretty sure that's actually how they met but like the way that it's framed in the movie so it's a performance and the 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 he's like backstage i'm pretty sure and he looks into the crowd and he sees our love interest melissa And in the movie, it's like the sort of like, oh, you know, the trans like state state thing where it's like you can only see her face. And he's like, oh, my goodness. Look at her. She worshiping God. Now, this is where we get into some really Christian nitpicky stuff. (laughs) But There is praise and worship language, not verbal language, but physical language the lifting of the hands, the the clapping, the, the the everything has its own language. And you can tell who's a Christian and who's not a Christian just by the way that they apply things. If they hear lift up your hands and their hands instantly go like a straight, like their <laughs> arm, like no bend at all in their elbow when they're lifting up the arms, so how you know that they're not Christian. Then you know that there's something wrong because they're hearing just lift up your arms. They're not, lift, they're not hearing like lift up your hands, like worship style, where there's that sort of slight bend, you know, in the that, elbow. That, that bend forward so they're not, they're, with the, the, the head yeah. sort of tilted down. They're, they're, not, they're not hearing... Exalt the Lord by lifting your hands. They're hearing just lift up your they're, arms. They're they're they like it's more like a command, not like a okay, let me get into the presence of the Lord right now sort of thing. Even like when you're putting the like she has this weird thing where like she like like her hands are like I you have to watch it to to, to understand to, but like, you know, like no offense no offence to her at all like it's hard Oh yeah, did we say who who's playing Melissa? So Melissa is played by Britt Robertson. I I'm going to be honest, I, I didn't I didn't really know her. Um and I'm gonna be. I'm gonna give it to her. It's hard to try and pretend like you're something you're not. Yeah. And so I'm gonna give it to her because it's pretty difficult, and I think that she did a pretty good job when it when it comes. Like, oh my goodness, this is so glaringly difficult to look at. You know, it's like she's just she she she's doing her job. She do, she did her best. It's just you know, uh, we we've been to churches and stuff. We see we watch worship music and stuff. So. When you're trying, to, for example, like the closing of the eyes when you're trying to get into the presence of God, trying to when it's like it's it's not, it's not it's not it's not just it's not just closing your eyes and vibing. It's like you really try to sort of focus on God, right? And there's just certain things that like it just it seemed out of place. But at the same time, we can't necessarily fault her too much because she's just not a Christian. We no, have to yeah. talk about those two girls in the back of her though. No, that's, that's, later <laughs> that's later on. That's later on. That's later on. But. Like, it's pretty, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty solid performance for that. We're not going to pick on it too much. But that's basically the meet cute, he sees her, and then after the performance, you know, he goes up to her, and we get probably my least favorite stereotype in any single romance film. And that's, awkward guy, don't know how to approach female, he he he, it's funny, I'm just like, it's said, "Oh, I said th- no. Oh, wait, no, I understand. Oh, wait, <laughs> wait, you're kind of cute." <laughs> I'm just like, oh. "What? Is- what are you trying to be realistic? Not every single relationship meet cute is that awkward. Mm-hmm. Like, and I mean, I'm sure it's gonna be awkward when you just like." You know, I was watching you, and uh, can we go on a date? I mean, that's basically that's basically what happens because he's just like, I was watching you, and she's like, watching me, because like that's kind of creepy. Let's be honest. That's a, that's on like pretty close on creep behavior levels, but at the same time, you know, like it's a, it's a little it's a, it's a it's a little nitpick, you know. And so I have to say, the pacing in this film is <gasps> weird. It is so fast. And it's, like, two hours, but, like, it felt pretty fast. Like, it was going, like, oh, and then now we're here, oh, and now we're here, oh, and I'm just, like, hold on, hold on, give us some time to breathe, because already they're starting to really kind of get, like, get into, like, dating mode, kind of, like, I I, just, I understand they, they had one date, but, like, listen, I'm going to be honest, Christians move very fast in their relationships, okay? Uh-huh. We- well, the, the dating mentality and culture when it comes to Christians is different, because it's not, we're not doing that. Oh, I'm I'm gonna see whether or not you know. Then if not, I'm gonna look for somebody else. Oftentimes, it's very much like we are dating with the end goal of marriage. Period. So they're going in like a straight line direction, right? Mm-hmm. And oftentimes they seek a, a word from a, from God. So like, if if it's like they feel a good confirmation about this, they're like okay, the date, date for like two two days, and then next week we're gonna get married. Type yeah. type thing. Yeah, I I think I think mostly like. God said, okay, let's just see how the Yeah, let's just Okay, married. <laughs> yeah, so I mean I understand that like in Christian uh dating it's it's a different mindset, so it is a little bit quicker. However, the this in this movie made it seem like it was like three yeah. days. Yeah, they already they already start going on dates and that kinda of, there's a little bit of an issue because John Luke is kind of he kind of been crushing on Melissa for a bit. And so we got our first so conflict. We also have to separate the, the facts from the fiction right now. So apparently there was some kind of love triangle difficult situation, but it was not the real life John Luke. No. That's the yeah, because John Luke, um, if he was from this Canadian Christian band called The the, the Cry, it's not but we need to, we need to, <laughs> we need to make sure that we, it's, there's some, um, th- th- Yeah. It's not. It wasn't like that. I, should, I think also a, disc- a disclaimer: if we're gonna start like criticizing the characters later on, we are criticizing the movie it's characters and not the, not actual, the people. actual people. Like what Abby said, there's sort of f- fact and fiction. We don't necessarily know how accurate this movie really is. And if there's any criticism, it's not launched towards Jeremy Camp or Melissa or Jean Luc or anybody else. It's just the the movie counterparts. We're gonna make that distinction very clear. Mm. But, like, so, you know, their they are basically dating. They're already dating at this point. They've kind of decided that they're that, that they're dating. But she doesn't really want to tell John Luke because she doesn't want to break his heart. Now, this is where you get into our first main criticism of the film. And it's why is she more scared of breaking the heart of John Luke than the person that she's actually interested in? But like she'll be like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna date you, somebody who I really like, because what if I hurt the feelings of a guy who I'm probably not going to meet in ten years?" I'm oh yeah, and this is like a, 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 the first sort of like tr- struggle that's happening, yeah. whereas mm-hmm. conflict, where you know, this sort of the thing where like they they're dating and they and they kind of, they want to, uh, or at least Jeremy wants to, you know, be more. Official. Oh, uh, official and open about their relationship, but Melissa's like, no, we had to keep it. <laughs> I was like, we're already thinking of a future scene, but the, Melissa's like, keep it on the down low because of Jean Luc. Like, I know that he. It's interested in me and i don't want to break his heart even though homegirl like just doesn't like him that way and you probably shouldn't be doing that like giving somebody false hope mm-hmm. you should especially when you found somebody that you're actually in love with i think that's a strange decision i, I don't know what actually happened in real life but in the movie i was like that that i think especially for christians and this though yeah uh, and this is not the first. This is not going to be the last time that some things in our good Christian hearts we were like <laughs> that. That that didn't, sit right, my my spirit. Spirit. That didn't <laughs> sit right in my spirit. That didn't sit right <laughs> in my spirit. And so there's like this sort of ongoing conflict because then his family kind of comes over for a bit, and like you know they kind of just like so this your girlfriend. And he like <laughs> what? <laughs> What's girlfriend? Yeah, right, like. Like what mom tends to say, like the parents tend to know if you're kind of feeling for someone or not. That are just like, oh, so this is your girlfriend, right? Blink, blink. I and mean, it kind mean, of reminds me of when one time we were in a, hol- a holiday in Portugal, <laughs> and the le- and the land. <laughs> no, they're not gonna find the piece. well, <laughs> spare, but we don't know. The, the the and the land and the landlord. He had his landlord partner, his co-landlord, <laughs> um, who was, like, helping him. And let's just say they were obviously close, right? They were trying to pass it off like they were just business partners. But when, you were, when they thought you were thinking too much about it, you could just glance over at them and they were not how business partners usually interact with, right? So, like, I forgot what had happened. I think, was it a while they were cleaning up before we were able to get into the actual um, place that we were staying at? And I think it was mom that said something. Yes, mom basically was like, kind of assuming that the two of them would go, but I think because he was about to go on vacation, I think, I think mom was kind of like, oh, so you guys are are, are going together, basically saying that, oh, so you guys are dating. And they were like, uh, uh no. no, you can tell that <laughs> you can tell that stress because they were trying to pretend like oh no no we're like we're like you business partners and the thing but we've been you that they were dating. Okay. so like mom and dad at this point had been married for what twenty something years. They know yeah. they know couple language. Yeah, they had been married for at least twenty five years at that time. So like mom mom knew that there was something yeah. going on. They know couple behavior. I mean I instantly thought that they were a couple though, yeah. like not because of man and and, and women because oh. you can tell when men and women are just friends, but, like. The way that they were interacting with each other they were too comfortable with each other like you know that sort of thing where it's like, it's not that you know necessarily that you're that that touchy but you feel like they don't like there's like that there's that, that comfort that, that that comfortability and that also the exchange of being that i can describe <laughs> properly <laughs> Exchange of being, exchange of being, but like it just felt like they were they were close, okay. And they were most definitely dating, okay. I am sure they're probably even engaged by that point. The way that they were acting with each other, and looked I like thought they were, I thought they were like, already it, married. It, it, it looked like it looked like he was ready to put. I think because mom was kind of, kind of like implying that he was like there was going to be some sort of engagement or something because honestly they were they were too close the way that mom though called them out like that with that question yeah. because I, I, I think that they wanted to keep it like for the professionalism of like the the like the, the business they wanted to keep it like a a mm-hmm. business partner who's doing stuff and not oh look mary like, i think people who sell villas like to do that yeah. like they like to do that like, oh look look um um Old Maltese couple, a husband and wife. We've been <laughs> holding this house since yeah. the two hundredth BC. You know, it's to give that homely yeah, energy. Yeah, yeah. It's, to, it's to give it like I can trust these people, you know, it's like a calm like in the village sort of thing. But like when it's in the main city, you wanna give that professional I'm not gonna scam you out of money because you know there's a scam left and right. I mean Before we had gone to the apartment, the second time we were in one of the worst apartments that we had ever been in. in It wasn't even an apartment, it was a hotel, hostile, hostile environment. (laughs) But, like, you know, like, you want to keep up with that professionalism. And I think that, I think, like, you that was kind of what Melissa was trying to do in a way. She was trying to keep her, like, oh no, we're just like, oh no, I'm not dating. I mean, I love both of you guys. I'm just like, you can't do that, though, when it comes to love. It's very weird. It's very weird. Like, I don't think there can be any... Like, it was always as if she was waiting for a compromise to happen. I'm just like, huh? What compromise are you waiting for? Anyhow, that was... I'm going to be honest, that was was kind of weird. Yeah, but let's move on with the plot because, I mean, we can't stay here. So... They're trying to keep on this charade, despite the fact that they have gone on dates. I mean, they have like the the typical, you know, date moment where, like, you know, they they they're, you can tell that there's that chemistry, know knows, are sharing their deep thoughts, sort of, sort of, sort of thing. And then that's where we start to get our motif, which is stars. Yes. <sighs> Why is every single romance film motif stars? It's something that has fascinated humanity for no, village. it's in <laughs> our stars, sort the oh stars, oh oh universe, and they're like yes, the universe is important. But if I see another romance film so where we talk about stars, I'm not sure how I'm gonna feel. And this doesn't end here, but we're not gonna get into that yeah, so the quickly. Stars, like she's basically like she has like a fascination with stars, you know, giving like the, the I I hate to I hate to be this person, but giving that like normy astronomy quote unquote knowledge that impresses people. like, Andromeda, do you know that Andromeda is the closest galaxy to the Earth? I'm there. Um, well, I was waiting for her to start talking about Beetlejuice. Like it was like it was getting to the point well, where like we're getting that that normy astronomy facts just being thrown at us like. She has this fascination with stars and how stars work in the universe. Keep that in mind. No, Keep, keep note. Keep a mental note. Mm-hmm. So this is a motif. You'll see it. So after a while, Jeremy is kind of starting to move on with his music thing. Um, he, John Luke is kind of helping him, you know, try and get an album going. You know, try to get like his songwriting career going, and. Um, mind you this is still while there's this sort of love triangle issue going on and so they're adding music boost no 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 wait because what happened was because they had an argument before well, that man. because they were seated at the table and basically Jean Luc was basically like i got a record deal for you jeremy you, you started, you're, you're seeping into the french pronunciation you're saying jean Luc because i know how to say it right anyway uh and for, wait, what was the argument about though? For some reason, there was some sort of issue. I think the issue, the issue, kind of had to do with the, the music and also the um. Wasn't there the dynamic? Dynast- was there? A, a talk about some kind of special song? Or, or? I I don't think of the I don't think of the song, but there's some sort of there's a, some sort of argumentation that have a like, kind of causes a bit, a bit of a of, of a rift basic basically between Melissa and um Jeremy. So, uh, yeah, that that kinda, um, the... yeah. <laughs> I, kind of, it, it, the, yeah, I just kind of, the the argument I'm pretty sure had to do with John Luke uh-huh. and Jeremy's career that I think that she would, I think also from the previous knowledge of the whole trying to hide the relationship thing, they kind of had a rift and the kind of, you know, like kind of, were almost kind of contemplating stopping dating, basically. Yeah. And so... While, he's, while, while they're sort of a little separated for a while, uh, Jeremy's out here in the studio in the booth with his homies, Jean-Luc included, recording a song. Which, which to be honest, now, now is a good time to talk a little bit about the singing. Uh, what can I say? It's just not it. And this, this isn't to say that KJ App is a, bad, is a bad singer, because, I mean, he, he is a singer of sorts. He has his own band. And he has a uh, he has a nice voice. The problem is, it's not enough to have a nice voice. You're in a movie where you're playing Jeremy Camp. You gotta kind of have Jeremy Camp's voice. Think, like, the problem is, I I do not want to hear a super bad invitation uh, of Jeremy Camp. That's the problem. But I think it's more the fact that, for example, if you if you're in if you know your biopic lore, um, the the movie Selena in 1997, right. Jennifer Lopez was lip-syncing Selena's actual vocals. But the thing is that you can suspend, again, your disbelief of um, Jennifer Lopez being Selena, even though they don't look exactly the same. The hair and everything and the fact that they, they have a, some general similarities to each other with enough makeup, You know, because Selena had a signature look, it does help when you have a signature look. And that you can really like cover up with that makeup and everything, and you have a, a good base. That so while she's lip syncing the vocals, it doesn't feel wrong, you know. While you're hearing Selena's voice and you're seeing and you're seeing um, Jennifer, I mean, to the point that her family said that when they thought, you know, Jennifer it kind of felt like they were seeing Selena again because she had died by that point. But like, you know, you can if you have the person that looks enough like mm-hmm. them, it's okay when they lip sync or do an impersonation. However, Reverting back to our old point, KJ does not look like Jeremy, and he does not sound like Jeremy. And even if he was to lip sync Jeremy's vocals, you would instantly tell in your breather that something was wrong. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, it can happen. But for example, you know how everybody's always shocked that Rick Astley's voice is that low just because his low voice doesn't match his soft boy visuals? it's kind of like that except it's legitimately not KJ Abba's voice and so <laughs> KJ Abba kind of does like these sort of indie covers of Jeremy's original um rock songs to kind of fit his vibe basically yeah. because he's not a a rock artist right so I think, I think even though you know it, it can kind of be like oh does it sound like Jeremy I think it I think it's better than Putting Jeremy's voice over him, and being like, "Oh no, this does not work." Also, I'm gonna be honest. It has a part to do, part to do with nostalgia, but it makes the songs feel wrong. It 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 truly makes the songs feel wrong. It it was uncomfortable. I mean, again, like we said, we are practically streaming those songs day and night. Like I know, like if you even just play like a snippet of the audio, I'll be able to finish the whole song, right? Mm-hmm. And so hearing like songs that I grew up with having like these indie sort of, you know, guitar snap beat sort of covers that's like eh. anyhow. So he's he's trying to get a record going after this argument. And him and Melissa are basically like off kind of. And so he, they're in the recording booth. Oh no. Coming to it, and I think it was one of the first scenes know. that riled—not really riled us, but like got us feeling something. I think not, that was not, that the momentum. Yeah. Starts, the, the momentum in the film starts to catch up a little bit. This is like the, the while the train, like the street, you know, in that that, that that before the train starts to, to yeah. go off. This is basically what's going on. So our emotions are pretty. <clears throat> so they're in the recording booth, and um Jeremy and John Luke. Are there and you know trying to get trying to get something going, and then they kind of take a break. Um, John Luke and some the other producers want to, you to know, kind of get a snack or something, um. But Jeremy, <laughs> it's so hard to say this. Um, Jeremy decides to just stay by where he is, and then Melissa comes in and cause kind they kind of want to clarify, you know. Some of the, there had been issues basically. Since there had been issues, I kind of want to clarify and talk about it. And so they, she go, they go, on you know, like the little, she goes inside the booth area that, mm-hmm. that, that, and then, you know, they start mm-hmm. talking. And then he, he, why even was that, I love you, I love you, I love no, you? No, because it's basically like a, a proper confession of sorts of, of the, of the, of the, the, the luxury lust- yeah. of their feelings, particularly from Jeremy's end. No. <laughs> That's a little bit where he's like, I wrote a song for you. Uh, no, song, I a song I I didn't finish yeah. it yet yeah, or whatever. Yeah, he's he's yeah. <laughs> He was trying to be slick. I was like, this is <laughs> probably one of the funniest scenes in <laughs> Christian cinema but he said, I, I wrote this song for you last night. I was like, I, I, actually, I love, wait, wait. He said, I love you, I love you. I love you. <laughs> and, then, and then after I was like, it's just about God. <laughs> <laughs> That was funny to me. Like, it felt like she was worried. Like, but, I hope this is about but, God. And I was like, she had this fear on her faces. Like, just best not be about better be about God. Cause. <laughs> but, uh, it, it, it's about her. It's about her. I mean, you know, I'm going to keep that criticism for later on. But they kind of start to imply that some of the songs that Jeremy wrote mm-hmm. are about her. But But we'll get into that later. Anyhow, but at this point, tangents are running high. and it, Apparently, bo- both of each other ha- share their I love you, I love you, I love you feelings towards each other. And so, in probably one of the most <laughs> known Christian moves I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> they kiss before marriage. <laughs> 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 mm. Listen, the, the way right that we sort of like uh, and pause the know, the, the video, the, we pause the movie, and just to look at each other, like, is that legal? <laughs> like, in in the Christian culture, in more like in Christian culture, is that okay? Like, I mean, listen, people, it depends on how you want to like take the courting process. Yeah. Some Christians do it differently, depending on like you know what type of Christian they are. Some some Christians are are fine with kissing before marriage. Some of them are just like okay. It's okay, like, it's not ideal, but, like, it's fine. And then there are some of them where it's just like, never do it. It's just, like, having sex, you know, sort of ones. But, like, <laughs> but like, it was just, it's just more, it felt, because it, it didn't feel like, I feel like the, the real difference is Christians is, is it a planned kiss or not? Like, it's like, a, hey, darling. <laughs> okay, that isn't acceptable. If it's, tensions are running high, we <laughs> must kiss, kiss. Christians are like, Ugh. It felt it felt more like I a typical sinful it, it felt it felt more like a typical mo- romance movie thing rather than a like a a good a, christian, christian kiss film type b i don't know i think it just caught us of guard but that's not what's important in Because they are here in this in this recording booth having a little kiss never, moment it's a glass door through sort of. the you know why this is the at the, the glass to see what the yeah. r- artists they turn they break from the kiss and turn to the the little window thing. and who's there John Luke is there and he watched.
1: He and saw he
0: sees somebody who he likes, Melissa kissing Jeremy while she was trying to pass it off like her and Jeremy were not a thing. And so, of course, he kind of like and then he left the room and they're like, Oh no, <laughs> oh, oh, oh no. I was like, I'm gonna oh, be oh. honest, I, I had a hard time being like, Oh. You guys brought this upon yourself. You yes. weren't trying to. So we didn't necessarily have that much compassion in the situation, but it's because this could have been avoided. Like, they were trying so low, trying to pretend as if they weren't a thing. As if one of these days you're gonna have to get married, right? This is Christian dating culture here. The In Christian dating culture, the goal is to get married, not to be like, oh, I love this person, but, you know, it's not gonna last, you know, you're gonna, no, 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 no. you're not gonna share a kiss in in -in Christianity relationship dating just to leave them, so I don't even know what they were thinking in this movie, trying to believe that they could hold it on for so long, anyhow, but, like, you know, he kind of, like, they kind of break up uh, Melissa and Jeremy because she feels really bad for kind of like hurting John Duke's feelings and if it just felt like it wasn't right and so they kind of break up. And he kind of ends up moving uh, moving back to his um his hometown. I think this is now where things start to really wrap up. Again. This is like a pretty like stable movie thing, right? There's no there's nothing aggressive happening yet. So he goes back home. He's kind of he's kind of a little bit down, you know, because you know the relationship didn't really work out the way he 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 wanted it to, and then he gets a phone call. And the thing is, though, can I just say? The, the passage of time was so weird in that movie to me mm. like it, it felt like it was like oh like summer summer then when he goes back home it's winter uh, yeah there's a lot of snow so i mean i'm assuming that it you probably return around like around christmas like winter holiday sort of time the passage of time because it feels like i have over like across like a few weeks and then it's a winter time just like, oh, okay like don't so you start college at like september I don't know. I think I think they definitely use the snow to kind of feel like there's a passage of time, but for some reason it always kinda of felt like it just like it almost like it all happened. Things, all the things are kinda of happening in the same week and on the same day almost. It was very it was the passage of time is very weird. But he received a call from John Luke saying Melissa ain't feeling well. Melissa's sick and it's pretty bad. And he needs to go back. This is where the movie picks up the pace. It picks up the pace. And remember it was pretty fast beforehand, but now it's like we're getting into from it now. From now on from now on we'll be speed running basically through the events of Jeremy and Melissa's life. So you, do not don't don't hold your breath, okay? We're going to have a, it is a lot. So he goes, he go, he goes back, and remember, the relationship still isn't like they they kind of they're kind of they're kind of on a a a, a break period almost. So he meets um, Melissa in the hospital, and she says that she's been diagnosed with a stage three cancer already. Like, and remember, they're in their early twenties at this point, and like, so basically, when they discovered it. It was already very advanced, so it was it um it was that she's been diagnosed with stage three cancer in her liver, and so this is where the relationship sort of kind of re- reconciles almost because you kind of like uh, basically saying that she loves him, right? So the and so he's like same, <laughs> and then this is basically where Their the relationship starts off again now that. You know, they're not, they're no longer trying to convince John Luke that they're not an item. And so, I mean, man, when I tell you the habits that the engagement happened so quick. Well, I mean, Homegirl was in a, like, and it, is, it was in a situation. So they probably wanted to make sure to get that in, right? I mean, there's a, there's a scene, I believe, Jeremy's telling his parents, like, I want to marry this girl. And the father, in particular, is like, uh, uh, boy there's no certainty in this situation it's Like, are you sure about this are you sure and Jeremy's like but no bro she, she, she the girl of my the god you know because uh, you gotta have that Christian lingo quote unquote yeah, can like, I just say I feel like it wasn't really the Christian writing is really odd considering that these are Christian directors like it's like it has these weird like aggressive moments where it's like I believe in God, father. And you're just like, huh? <laughs> like the whole movie, you were going on just doing normal, like called kids stuff. And then you'd be like, God, God, God. i so to talk about it, but keep going. And it's like, it's kind of, Because I feel weird. But anyhow, by, while she's, you know, while they're in the sort of courting period and she's sick, his career actually starts to take off at this point. And so he's like starting to get some successful concerts in and and, and stuff. And so in one of, um, she, she also by this point starts to tell him that the the, the liver cancer has spread to her ovaries now. And so that she needs to get surgery or and that, will, this, that she needs to get surgery that will leave her infertile. And this really upsets her because Christian's like having children, okay? Like, and it reminds me um this korean singer uh so hyang who basically also had sort of the ovarian cancer that that also left her fertile what, what okay. when did that happen well, that was, she that was a, a, a while like, a while back this i think it's before her career started really getting popular um, but she was already married by that point so i i did not know that Lori, continue um but essentially she was saying that like it was a pretty tough um scenarios because especially because she's also actually christian and she was saying that you know if god hadn't given me a husband who was able to support me like she wouldn't have gone through with it but it's just to say that in 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 the christian culture the kids is the blessing is the blessing from god so fruitful and multiply we took that verse and just ran with it mm-hmm. so like it's really important to melissa and to know that like this is going to basically leave her Infertile is pretty big deal, and so they kind of they're praying for miracles so that the cancer leaves instead of having to you know have her infertile, and so this is when the Christian Lingo scenario really starts to get intriguing. So, um, at a, one of his concerts, basically, also in the radio show, I think, yeah, he so he goes on the radio show and he's like, you know, uh, pray for, uh, you know, my my wife's healing. Uh, in his concert, he also like, said we should like pray, um, pray for her. And how do you even get to start on? Where are you talking about the woman? <laughs> so, in his speech, he's like, um, "There's a story about a woman who was sick for a really long time, and then she met him. Now, Christians and non-Christians." What is that story? <laughs> Someone tell me what that story is, and who's him? <laughs> and mind you, he just continues talking about other stuff. He doesn't elaborate on. But God, no, no, he just said. But then she met him. Who that? <laughs> now, now, thankfully, <laughs> as Christians, we could guess that you're talking about the woman with the issue of blood, because that is one of the basis sort of stories for a christian to go off so in the, with the story with the woman the issue of love wait hold on let abby explain it yeah all right so in the story um quick version, quick version. okay so there's this really important uh jewish relig- religious person wait, that calls yeah i think he's really he's pretty important and he calls jesus because his daughter is really sick so jesus goes wait, wait, we're about... yeah no no i'm giving i'm yeah. giving a little bit of background wait, okay let me continue jesus Jesus goes but while he's going there's this woman who was really sick for a really really long time she had had been struggling with a blood issue where she was basically she was she was having like she was constantly bleeding which meant that she was unclean because in the Jewish customs you couldn't touch blood. So she was one of the outcasts, kind of like the lepers, you know, like like she wasn't allowed to be in the crowd. Normally she should have been announcing that she was out here being unclean, but she just kinda goes yeah, through the crowd. Know. She said, I wanted to see Jesus. And I think that's why he chose the story, because it was talking about her faith. But continue. Yeah. yeah. So basically she's just like, if I she knowing that she's unclean, she's like, At least if I touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. So she does that. And she, she's healed, basically, because she believed that she would get healed. That's, that's the story. That's... And m- mind you, the if I touch him, him is Jesus, right? So what he was saying that she met him, she was saying that he was trying to say that, you know, he... The, the whole hem situation, but it was very weird for it to be simplified, it's almost as if you, it's almost as if he had a challenge to make the story was the woman the issue of the blood the most bare bone that you could, like, really, only the essentials, woman, sick him, like, that's what it felt felt like, he just simplified it to the bare minimum, it's a weird scene, where really, like, the kind of, like, the wannabe a Christian film, but they're not going like God's not dead all out where it's just like atheists are just like yeah. cancer. Cancer kind is of way on until later because then the I atheists do. are like evil and then the Christians are like this is how we overcome and worshiping and stuff. Like It wants to be aggressively Christian but like it also knows that it probably shouldn't be because like the Irwin brothers, I think that's their name, they say, you know, they want to bring people to Christ, you know, who are not in Christ. And oftentimes they achieve that, you know, people try and make sure that, you know, it's not too upfront, but it's pretty upfront. Anyhow, a miracle happens, and the cancer leaves her ovaries, which means that she doesn't have to get um, surgery anymore. The cinematography in the scene was 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 pretty weird. Anyhow, yeah, it wouldn't as in. Uh, anyhow, so because basically she goes under the check the the thing to check, it uh, you know if the cancer has spread. And the cancer miraculously is gone, and so she starts like the healing process. And because when they finally feel that she's cleared, they get married. Finally, I'm going to be honest: as a good Christian girl, like the relationship seems so committed to the point that I was like, "Wait, did they get married yet?" No, they did not get. They did not get married yet. So they get married. It's fun. It's beautiful, and it's very. Listen, you just know in movie language that's, that's, that's not good. When, when is like, good things happening and there's still still like, a good a 50 hours? minutes left? That means bad stuff is going to happen. Like, we were literally looking at each other like, oh no. <laughs> Something just can't last. Not to mention like, Kyle okay, knows the story, right? Because it's a pretty important part in Jeremy's career. So we're kind of looking at each other like, mm, something's, something's about to happen. And lo and behold, they're on their, they're under their hu- their, hu- their honeymoon. And- oh, like you know they, they it, she's like she wakes up and like she's just like she's not feeling good. like she's in a lot of pain. And at first, she's kind of like, oh, you know, like I'm just kind of you know, like stomach cramps. But then when she wakes up, like it's like really bad, and she just knows that you know something 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 wrong is happening. And so they bring her to the hospital, and the cancer came back. And so this, 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 in, and so he's like, you know, basically, what do we do? Do we need to get the surgery this time? And the doctor, for some reason, is so aggressively like, no, nothing. There's nothing we can do about them. Like, listen, doctors, and most people would say that they've had at least a, a bad experience with at least one doctor. But like, usually they try to ease you into it and be like, listen, with the situation that we have right now, it's unlikely that we can find any other solution. It's not. And radiation? No. There's nothing we can do about this. I'm just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. At least give them like a, a sliver of hope. This where our- Oh, no, but we missed the scene. What? We missed the scene. Well, the first time she got sick. And he brings her to the church where he puts all the stars and everything. Because we're going back to the star motif. We forgot that. yes, 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 yes. We bring we bring back the we bring back the the star motif because we, he kind of brings her to this chapel and he decorates it completely with stars, the first time that she's that she's sick. And know we're going to start to get hints of some interesting theology concerning the star motif, but we're going to come back to that later when it starts to get really bad. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so this is where the faith sort of motif starts to starts to starts to weave in because there is the song one of Jeremy's most famous songs, it's not the title of this film, but honestly, I'm surprised that it wasn't, that Walk By Faith, so um, even when they cannot see, um, well, because this, this broken, broken road, road prepares, prepares your will for me. For me. <laughs> 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 we, the whole family, all, that bit, That's we all know. Yeah, that that song is like the second family theme song. Yeah. It's so like, you know what? I I would recommend that if you wanna if you wanna know more that you should go listen uh, to Jerry Bichat Walk by Faith. Anyhow, so I mean yeah, you can go on Spotify and you can listen to the album. But anyhow, so the star motif. Think about it. So she's starting to like. She's getting weaker. She's having trouble with like you know doing simple things like opening like you know pickle jars which I would actually argue was not simple the amount of times that I've had to tap the lid of a pickle jar just to get it to open is outrageous but you know it's to show that you know she's getting weak and she's getting kind of you know restless and and a little bit irritable you know it's affecting basically the whole thing and it's not like it's getting better, like, with the, with the, with the miraculous, the miraculous miracle. (laughs) (laughs) With the miracle in the first half, basically. And so this is where we start to get the second conflict, which is basically the core of the film, which is like, they're kind of struggling with their faith. Excuse me, at this point, because it it feels like, wow, we just had this miraculous healing, and then, boom, she's getting sick again. And so, he, he you know, while this while this happens on their honeymoon, he sings a song that he wrote and it's Walked by Faith. So again, this is where we really we really it, it really starts to 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 hit. And mate Sing hit the fan so quickly. So they kind of had this moment where they're in this sort of he brings her back, while she's starting to get, like, really weak, he brings her back to the, um, stage that they first met, and he's kind of, like, walking her, this is really where all starts to get all kinds of wacky, so, he 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 brings you to the, 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 the concert hall that they, that they first met in, you know, talking about all that lovey-dovey stuff, oh, I saw you there, and I knew you were the one, you know, stuff, and here's where I, um, the the thing that I like to call pretty death foreshadowing in, in movies. So, I hate that. Like, it doesn't necessarily mean that the person's going to die, but there's that sort of, the person's trying to elude that no, so maybe one day, sort of like you know that sort right? of like I may be writing this requiem for myself type <laughs> nonsense. Uh... <laughs> if you remember the the, the episode that we did on, on on Mozart, that sort of oh no, I'm writing this requiem for myself. What do you mean, Mozart? Don't say that. And said, oh no, I feel like death is coming to me. That sort of that sort you of never Or like it. that one quote I'm not even sure if about him talking about how he feels the, the taste of death on his it's tongue or whatever. True. I mean... <laughs> I think he's probably talking about like med- medically, actually, when you when you when you start to die, there's just this, this weird metallic taste on your tongue. So, uh, okay, yeah, not well, actually. um. I think it's probably you know that's unsavory. I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna get into that. Um, yeah, but like so, while this is happening, she starts kind of talking about how. She feels like, um, basically that perhaps it's, um, time for, for her to leave, basically. And, um, you go, you go back to the star motif, and she's like, you know, what's the, 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 the the stars that, that die the, the fastest? And... Everybody knows what they're about to say. <laughs> the brightest ones, that sort of thing. Like you know, the bright stars they die fast, which means that we, you should die at 23. Sort of nonsense. And, and once they die, they this is the way they're the brightest or whatever. Yeah, and they light up the whole galaxy when they after after they die. And, you know, maybe God, she maybe she's gonna glorify God by dying, even though nobody knows who she fucking is anyhow. in 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 the film. Like this is supposed to sound like in some kind of way, some way of some kind of inspirational kind of way of saying I'm gonna die. But she's saying it's such a weird, like course, dark, almost like dejected tone that it doesn't I make mean, it better. She is I mean, of dying. Course. Of course. But I mean no, I, it doesn't of, help. Of course Jeremy's like, Don't say that and she's like Maybe this is my destiny sort of thing and he's like, No, 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 don't say that and Stop speaking devilish. <laughs> Basically. Stop speaking devilish. Stop speaking devilian. Stop speaking devilish language upon yourself, okay? This is where I'm sorry, we're gonna have to get a little bit theological. See all theological. logical. But stop trying to speak curses upon yourself, right? Stop trying to be like while you're almost on your on your deathbed, why are you speaking? maybe this is right for me while your whole your whole family your significant other are trying to fight for you to be alive and they're just like maybe this is right for me and they're like no it's not and i feel like almost as she came to this conclusion almost in a way to kind of deal with the fact that she felt like she was close to death rather than god revealed to her hey i want you to die at 23 like all the times, God, right? I want you to, to to live a long and prosperous life in this land, and you're just coming up with. Maybe I got to die at 19. It's like, yeah. no, unless unless you're gonna die for the sins of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. And I feel like the reason why we're gonna get theological up in this place is because that's not God's character. It's those people that do that sort of like. maybe god wanted needed them in heaven like why did god need anybody in heaven like that cliche to say when when you're in a garden which flower do you pick the prettiest one um you don't need to pick no flowers he got enough in heaven we're not his garden though he got a garden in heaven and i'm pretty sure they're not filled with human souls and (laughs) it does sound really creepy though and also that he just needed another angel to heaven. We are not angels. We're a distinct being. You can read in the Bible, literally him and the angel. Like, hey, let's create man in our own image, which means that we are distinct, distinct beings from angels. And Who the knows? angels marveled at the creation. And it's like so. Oh, oh, why is it so like you're patting oh, yourself? In the face? Exactly. No, it's because no, God be like, this, this is a new thing. thing. No, yeah, this is a different thing. This isn't some something yeah. like us. So, like, we're not gonna come back and become angels. Like no, we're, we're our own separate entities. And the all the work is. and all the work that God puts into putting you on this earth, just to take you while at six. I, I know, especially when it's like infants. Like perhaps as a teenager, go say, come back now. Even <laughs> though, even though I'm gonna press a big X to doubt. But <laughs> the only thing you did was go to high school. I don't believe it. But at the same time a lot of people who were in high school like they did pretty in, in, important things like for like their community while they're in high school. So, I'm sorry, but a four-year-old or a two-year-old who barely knew how to speak English and then after God was like, nah 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 nah, he need to come back. I'm just like, he's an infant, so what does God I tell a god who you are not even small enough to cover his if you aren't even big enough to cover his pinky finger. The whole, is- the whole, and the whole entire Earth's population of seven point eight billion can fit on one square inch of his fingernail, <laughs> and he needs your infant son. I'm saying, no, he does not. He does not need your infant son in heaven right now. And it's very toxic to make Christians believe that they need to have this sort of death to glorify god like again god can use he could he can he can turn all things for good right but that doesn't mean that he needs you to die to create good things that doesn't mean that he wanted that to happen yeah like we may not understand why these kind of things happen i mean like we know that the devil's involved but like you know if god's so powerful why this happen? we do not know however let's not pretend that this is god's will for us it's kind of like people like, well, if God is real, then why is this world so horrible? Did he not read the, the, the whole fall situation? He, it's not what he wanted. But, like, the main point here is that God don't need your infant. And it's unsafe to tout that sort of things in a theological movie. Because for some reason, Christians have, I don't know if they have peanut brain or something. They see something in movie, and for them, it means that it's straight from the Bible. I mean... The way that people were out here, um, like, basically eating up God's Not Dead when it was popular. You know, the God's Not Dead, let's just say it was, it was a little wild. And I don't know if it's a up brain or whatever issue that's going on in the Christian community right now. But I, I, don't take that. Don't take that from the film. Don't think that you need to die. Or that while your family member is dying to say, this is what God wants. Then then it doesn't even help because you are not speaking faith anymore. You're just, you're accelerating the death. And I think to be honest, it plays in a part of appealing to this Christian sense of martyrdom like this want almost to be like we need to die for christ it was like no 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 we're talking about dying to like the self like our selfish desires and needs dying not your physical body again he doesn't need you to die for some sort of angel recruitment team in heaven okay why can't you live for christ isn't that enough like if you die for christ okay but like you don't have but to i think what usually happens is that this is when it's tough situations like sickness happen True. and they feel like perhaps because they're worried that they cannot live for god yeah. anymore and so perhaps they live on in in their death i mean god can do that for you like you know but like it's not necessary but to be honest now we can go back in a little bit more We because we can lean into the theology, theological side but now we can lean more into the star motif again and uh, from and because you said something and um, Gloria, you basically titled it what was it? Hold on. <laughs> What's happening? What is it the way that, about? that she was explaining that you, she was explaining about this mindset. What about about nihilism, but like make it science? Yeah, the 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 sort of the sort of bright bright stars die young thing, and sign and and and, sci- and sci- not scientific nihilism is not the correct way to say it. But as in, what I, what I mean by this is basically using science in the same way that people use Christianity. I think that sort of like trying to make um, death beautiful science edition. So, like, <laughs> being like, you know, I'm going to die and then I'm going to feed the earth and then after, we, like, you know, it's going to grow. And listen. If you die a natural, happy death, that's great. You're going to be able to contribute. And just if you're not putting a thousand tons of formaldehyde into your body. But I'm not going to talk about how you're going to bury your body. But (laughs) like you can go and be fed into the earth and whatever and help your local oak tree or something. But you dying by like 10 gunshot wounds while you're 18, for example. No. No. Like that, that's that's a unf- that's more than unfortunate. It's not something that you should be like. Well, you know, I'm getting to the earth. I'm just like, I, I mean, it's a consequence of your your death, but it's not like a A plus reasons why you should die. You know, like I I, I don't think it's safe to to, to, to to think that. But like that's kind of like the sort of the sort of. I guess theology. You could almost say that 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 she that she. You can't the the thing. Anyhow, but like that that she's kind of using. You know, I'm I'm gonna die at like the start and then supernova. Con- <laughs> Sorry, I'm really gonna. I'm really. I don't want to sound elitist, but like. <sighs> You're gonna sound elitist now the supernovas the andromeda the, oh look this is Sagittarius. i'm just like <laughs> stop using astronomy to justify this, this this stupid nihilism anyhow so from this point on her state just continues to get worse wow shock um but listen we start to get also a little bit of what I call cancer movie stereotypes. The hair falling out, which is a common symptom, but also the excessively graphic blood-throwing-up scene. Why is this in every... Bro, that, that, that startled me. <laughs> it really did startle me. I said there's blood all over this one. It was in the sink, I believe. Mm. It's... it's a- make you see that this is really bad we could kind of tell earlier not gonna lie like it's just like thankfully i was not seeing it because i have feelings towards any sort of throwing up after after something that happened in our childhood Mm. <laughs> this sounds like honestly when i look when i look back Have on our seen my child back on some of the things that we're going through with a child just like why is this some 18th century children <laughs> stuff happening there were like, some, some 18th century children sickness happening around the house <laughs> that was spreading around even to our parents low key after a while because i mean you're we're, they were trying to take care of us all the time and it was just jumping and jumping it was a mess anyhow Before i tell you when when somebody said a curse our way and it was just bad Mm. I mean, we. After that, honestly, my feelings towards her I'm very. If I, I don't like to hear or see anything about it, so thankfully my eyes were all focused because I was too busy ranting about. Stop using Andromeda. Stop talking. about this! <laughs> So <like>, silly. <laughs> I really love your argumentative voice, but like the, the sort of hair falling out, aggressive, graphic vomiting scene. Um, the the, roller in wheelchair scene, like everything, everything, uh, everything, every single stereotype. I feel like I've never seen a cancer movie not use those stereotypes. Anyhow, um, while she, she has to go back into the hospital at this point because she, she, she's just getting too weak. And... i think one of the most uncomfortably fast-paced slightly traumatic and very uncomfortable scenes i've ever seen in my life she is in the no 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 no, no. wait before i think what you're going to talk about because they're like you know because beforehand he was talking about like a song that he was writing right and they're sitting there in the hospital just kind of looking after her her family's there as well they're in the hospital, and Jeremy's sitting next to Melissa, and, you know, she kind of she kind of going through her, like, in-and-out moments. And she basically asked Jeremy, like, sing me the song that you're singing. What song was it? Wait, this didn't it happen before? No, 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 it, it happened. It, it, what do, wait, what do you mean? you, said, you really talk about that? No, no, no. When they're in the hospital before the big moment happens, yeah, yeah and, and he's crying. He's doing. KJ is doing the pretty crying. He's doing the pretty crying. He, because he, he plays. He, he, he plays her. Uh, walk by faith, and you know, like they start, you know, kind of talking, and like, um, she basically she wants to get out of. The, she wants to get out of the hospital bed. After he, no, 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 because he plays the guitar. Mm. Then they fall asleep, and then she wakes up and that's when jeremy wakes up and she's getting all startled and stuff and then after she's like she really wants to just get out of the she's like I'm, she's like i'm healed i healed. get me out basically. yeah and he's like i don't feel any pain <laughs> yeah and 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 he's like sit down i'm gonna go get the the the, the 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 doctor and she and she's like okay 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 and then after he goes out well, to get when, the doctor when he goes out to get the doctor those doctors were frustrating. Okay, he's a, he he's called he's, he, he 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 goes to like call the doctor. First of all, these do- are the slowest doctors I've ever seen in my life. Because he... keep in mind, her heart monitor thingy is like beep beep beep, beep, beep throughout the which helps add to the frantic energy. It's like I of her heart monitor and so he's like going to I mean usually when like your heartbeat is starting to get really irregular usually your nurse usually gets like a uh some sort of uh, notification. Not the right word but I guess notification that something that something's going on but now you're just on the display like, type, type 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 and boy and, oh, hey, calm down <laughs> and, and he's like um, oh, can you go to the to and she's like okay cal- calm down they wouldn't be calm down. Her heart be going, and they're like, "Calm down, calm down, give us a moment." And then after, suddenly, the sister, her, Melissa's sister, starts screaming and is like, "Get, get inside the hospital room!" And now these nurses out here running. I'm just, and also running slowly, mind you. I'm just like, "This is stupid. <laughs> this is really stupid. This is such a bro." That, that was. It, it broke my heart. Second, you're slow, and then she's literally screaming, crying for help. He running, and you're just being like jogging. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I want a nice jog in the hospital. I'm like, go inside the room anyhow. Yeah, so they go inside the room. The heart monitor, like it's 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 just it's going off completely. Like I can't just say that. I it's kind of good, but kind of bad. I hate the sort of like. Foreboding dread beforehand when they were out here doing a little praise and worship moment where she's in the hospital bed and he's singing a yeah. song and he's like crying and stuff. Cause I was like, she gonna die. This is just, I, I could feel it really coming up, and I was like, no. And so the heart monitor is, it it after a while it it stops. Well, so her whole family is is next to her, thankfully. But she dies. I mean, we knew again because we did use the testimony but in film it, it was I'm going to be honest I didn't really enjoy it. it was quite stressful I mean I didn't really enjoy it okay like, <laughs> these are no, never supposed to be enjoyable but like then they they're also like destiny that you that you feel kind of invested in like I don't know I think because it, like at first I was kind of like I was honestly I was getting drowsy I was starting to sleep then I just suddenly <laughs> and then after people are screaming and stuff like it just felt like I, I like you know I guess it's sort of that fight or flight thing where like suddenly now you need to start like, looking you know I think it was just I don't know my emotions were too involved in it for me to feel comfortable but of course she ends up dying and this is where we really need to get into the the, the, the face thing and so he goes back home because you know the, the doctor would coldly ask him to find that <laughs> Mate, he's literally—he's on the it, floor. He's it, crying. He's on the floor, crying, and and he, and the doctor really like, need to sign the death certificate. I mean, ah. uh, is... like give him time to be the body. Homeboy was not really not life. He, um, his dad comes, I believe, or was it Melissa's dad? Melissa's he Because he's on the floor, he's kind of like limp, like he held her not really being in there. And he's lived and that's lifting it up to bring him over and the, and the, they're at the desk and then the doctor giving him the, the certificate kind of him the sign it they don't even get give, like, give them time and like, they kind of almost like chase them out of the room like they, they're not really given time to like be with the with the body which no you're right so you're allowed to you're allowed to be with, with the dead body as long as you know it's respectable for them to start you know taking the measures to you know make sure that the body's not hazardous or anything See, damn, just like here's certificate. Come, here. Come here. I'm just like, Come here. it's like horrendous. But he leaves, and he goes back home, and he's, he's, he's starting to get angry at God, and he kind of he kind of wants to abandon his music career, and so he takes the guitar that he was gifted, and he just starts he just starts smashing it which instrument abuse gets me feeling alright. The, the way that we all just kind of like, like with if we're being punched in the stomach yeah I don't know why what's the thing with instrument abuse that just hits you different but he really just, just like and then with like the guitar was going and it was like really harshly feel like he could actually feel the harshness like, and he's like, and he's like, and like oh no I don't I don't I don't like that and then after he kind of um how did he actually stumble upon Because it was, it was... in the guitar. Because the... he, 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 yeah, he, he's about how to. He... He stump, how did he realize it was in the guitar? No, because he, he kind of leaves his, his guitar down on the floor. He's about to go out and then he looks back and then he realizes that the carnage of the, the wreckage of this instrument. And he's kind of going up to inspect it. And that's when he noticed a note inside right. the guitar. The guitar that um, M- M- Melissa um, put inside the guitar, um basically saying that. The suffering does not like ruin the faith, you know. It strengthens it and continues touting basically the whole thing, just like I'm dying for God. The thing that's gonna happen. I basically think that you know this is probably the way that God wants to use, you know, the the ministry. Basically, this is gonna be her ministry, like Like basically her her dying and. I mean, yes, in 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 a huge way. Cause like going to like real Jeremy Camp here, mm-hmm. that her testimony is a, a very important part of you know the 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 his testimony, right? Yeah, she, she, and she it's how changed people. many people's lives. Yeah. It's how he brings people to Christ. It's a, it's a very important story. And in that way, the real Melissa, mind you, we're 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 putting a, a a a nice separation bar. That that is how she that how that how her legacy is able to live on. However, I again it's a slippery slope, as annoying politicians on television like to say, because I think it's it's it, you have to be cautious when you talk about you know suffering is gaining. I'm just like God can make your suffering gain, but you shouldn't aim for it. You know you shouldn't be like the moment that you get sick, there just say. Maybe this is God's will for me. And they like, no, 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 At least try and fight first. Yeah. Before, if you, if you're, if, if you're a heart monitor already going, bee, 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 then okay, you can like, you know, you can give them the fight. But like, you know, fight till the, f- fight to the end. Don't like think that you have to die in order to die. Like, this is a ministry. Like, you know, if, if Jeremy lost his faith, for example, have done that that no, the, she would have just died, and people would have just moved on with their lives. But after that, it kind of it, it inspired inspires him and encourages him to continue writing, his music, and continuing to pursue um his career. And <laughs> so he 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 goes he he after like about two years, his career is taking off. He's he's he, he's singing. I Still Believe, which is the song that he wrote after Melissa um, um, died. And, you know, he's talking about, he's performing. Um, and he, after a while, you know, he kind of talks a bit about how, you know, the the suffering that happened, but how, you know, his faith got got restored. And then in this mo in this performance, they keep on, they came filming filming this woman, this random woman with red hair. And Abby and... (laughs) Abby and um, Cindy were kind of just like, who is that? But I knew. I knew movie logic. If there is somebody who has a significant other who died, then there's a random woman who the camera is focusing on a little bit too much. That means that she is someone important. So after... The he ends his performance. He goes down, and and the woman comes up, and he's basically and it's basically like, you know, she also lost somebody, and you know she was also angry at God, and and the song and his meth and the message and his testimony was about Melissa really changed her life, and you know, um, he, and you know, you had that sort of moment where you know, he sort of like you know. So not necessarily imparting, but he's sort of like they're they're bonding over that sort of fact, and you know, we find out, of course, by the whole huh, my name is this sort of thing. No, no, because like he, he's she's walking away after she says thank you for your message or whatever, and then uh, he turns around while she's walking away. and he's like, what's your name? And she has a like on her back, oh. on her, on her jacket, she has stars on it the motif anyhow so he's like what's your name and she says adrian which is his jeremy's wife i was like like, uh, when that happened i was like oh like like, oh gosh i know adrian kind of right now her hair is kind of dyed that it looks a little bit red like she was going like with a full-on like anna from frozen red hair which is uh, the, again the casting is is often in, in in all sorts of ways and directions but anyhow it ends in one of the most comforting moments ever we actually finally get to see the real jeremy camp and it it was comforting but also the the way that you kind of slapped my my ankle oh. she, she she actually <laughs> she's still trying to... You know, she, it's mostly fine to worry. I'm so sorry, but like, it was just so jarring how different their faces are, the way they move, the way they talk, their voices. I, I'm talking about their talking voices, not their singing voices. I don't even think they're from the same part of America. Like, it was it was very weird. It was very weird, but you know, it was nice to see Jeremy. And of course, you know, at the end, he's with his his wife and his family. You know, talking about the testimony, everything. It is nice to see them and and everything that it did but the theology in this film I would not put my name on 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 on, on this film if I'm being honest if I if after everything that that I went through and then the film ends um unhappy happy you note, know, you know seeing him and, and his and his children but it also ends to bring it back to the casting so it ends and we get to see, a, like, a, a, a picture of a Melissa's act, actual journal and some pictures of Melissa herself. Melissa was such a beautiful woman, but also uh, Brit looks nothing like her. They don't even have the same color of hair. They didn't even make Brit dye her hair brown. I, I even... <sighs> ugh, it's like they didn't even try, honestly. It's like they didn't even think. Like, they were just like, we're just gonna throw this out. Like, it was a little bit uh, it was a little bit offensive if I'm, gonna, if I'm gonna be honest. Like, they didn't even try. Adrian incorrect, mate. When you see John Luke, they are not the same human. <laughs> it was Versus John Luke. It was, it was, it was uh, the casting was weird. And also the I really actually want to know, like, what what was the thought process behind the casting, though? Because it must have had some kind of reason why they chose these people. I don't know. Credentials, fame. But, like, even the costuming. It's it's placed in 1999, but the clothing is much more like two, like two thousands and later on than the it is twenty tens almost like a lot of like the you know the boho chic that kind of is going on in the twenty tens and it it was not at all the sort of style it, it that nineteen ninety nine to two thousand and one behavior it was like, there there there's a specific clothing that and when you look at the pictures of Melissa she also is wearing the clothing of the time I did not see a single outfit in Melissa's wardrobe being in in that film like it's they literally just make Jeremy wear a t-shirt that's kind of nondescript era mm-hmm. so that you don't think about it too hard, but like they did not put any effort into that. You kind of just put orange in 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 edit in post orange, and then expect it to look vintage. But yeah. But by far the biggest offense is that they never name dropped in the movie. I, they, had never, so to, had, they had so many opportunities to they had so many opportunities to be like. But I still believe. every single time we were waiting, he's gonna say, "I still believe." And they never did it. That is for me the biggest it's the big of the difference. like, these you had to have a iconic moment where he said, "I still believe. We noticed this is movie, this is movie like you law. You did not do it. <sighs> anyway. um overall, though, to be honest, In general, I will say we have a little bit of a bias in the sense that, in general, we're kind of low key against biopics. I think we just find them uncomfortable, a little bit trivializing, strange to watch. It's hard to see somebody pretending to be a human being and like compressing their whole life and person into one hour. They're kind of like, "Mm, maybe you don't need to do that, you know. I'd prefer to watch a documentary. And overall, while it wasn't like a terrible movie, and I feel like maybe our tone perhaps may may lead you to think that it was a horrible movie, but like I mean, the cinematography was like fine, uh, you know. The writing was okay. Yeah, when I mean, it, the script that is. Yeah, the script. Like, I mean, it was it wasn't stellar. It was like it was like okay, it's a passable script. Like it, it's a it's an okay movie. It's a fine movie. It's just there are many aspects of it that kind of got us riled up, but particularly in the theology vein. And I think that's what really sort of brings down the movie movie in our eyes is the way that they sort of handle certain topics. I think it's we kind of see almost like a little bit hazardous, see theologically wise, because of we're like we're able to you know to see as a of Jamie Kemp, but people will see this as a as a message, you know, mm-hmm. that my 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 death is going to be a blessing to the Lord, and it's not really a blessing to anyone. The thing is that. Like what Gloria said earlier, if Jeremy Camp hadn't reacted in faith and decided I'm going to still believe in God anyway, we wouldn't have gotten his songs and we wouldn't have, I mean, her story would have gone to waste. There was a decision there that helped her story become like important testimony to be used, but it's not a guarantee that your death is going to be this important, beautiful helpful things are going to help everybody around you grow because I mean that's especially in such a way like that like if like you live a long fulfilled life you know people are kind of ready to let you go in some sense but if you're if you're young and you're out here dying from a horrible disease it's like you don't know how p- people around you are going to react to your death—you don't necessarily know that's going to be it's going to like, be, it's no gonna gu- help them grow. There's no guarantee that your death is going to end up on MSNBC. Okay, like you—you you could just people could just move on, and your story means nothing. So I—I I feel like it was kind of—it was a little hazardous theologically. Yeah, and you know, overall things like. Was there a soundtrack? I feel like movies you say don't have soundtrack. No, other than like the sprinkling in of like in the beginning, like a kind of like a I still believe sort of mo- motif going on, but like no. Either they do have a soundtrack, but it's really, really quiet. Or they kind of just have like little motifs playing around. They don't really do have atmospheric anything. sounds. It's still, it's still strange, but yeah. I think overall, if we were to give, if we're going to do like proper movie rating, like if we're going to give a rating to I Still Believe, how, how are we going to summarize this? And a 70%. The 70 is like the base for me when it comes to like movie scoring, it's like the base. It has a base down. The script is okay. The cinematography is okay. The casting, okay. The acting, okay. But then like the the things that help like, fluff up the thing is gone. like it's, it's it's there's nothing spectacular about it when you're talk about it as a movie. theologically wise message wise is also toxic. So for me, it's like it's passable. It's not God's not a dead level of sus- theologically suspicious or anything or like s- cinematography uh, the c- cinematography wise slightly criminal. like it's more like it's okay. Like if, if we're talking cinematography, there are moments where it was impactful, like that death scene or when he's breaking the guitar. That was like oh impactful. But like it's you know it's it's a it's a movie. It's it's, if, uh, it's not like I don't know, Prince of Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't it ain't no clock recording. It's so like it's not like where it's like it, it feels like boom wow. This film. It's more like a mm, this film. All right. So there's our sort of Abby. What, what would you score it? Yeah, I think I agree with your score, actually. i will say, like, 70%. It's a base. Not okay. based! It's a base level film. Yeah, it's not like, oh my goodness, this is literally so terrible, this is tentacolino. Yeah. <laughs> it's not feel that. that. Like, that, yeah, I feel like it's not necessarily, like, so polarizing or so intense where it's like, oh, it's just so bad. It's more like, it's fine, but there are issues with it that need to be fixed. Yeah. But, you know, it's not something that's going to make me feel, like, so horrible about it. Yeah. So, there's that. I don't know if we're gonna do another movie review. This is this is a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work, And a lot of energy, and a very long. So, yeah, don't don't expect this in the future. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna move on to our usual topics. Yeah, so yeah, that was that. Yeah, thank you for listening. This- yeah, if you if you're uh, if you managed to make it to the end without any skipping honey well, you're probably doing, doing homework blessings things. be upon you A like thousand generations and, and your, your family, family and your children and, and their, their children and their children and their children <laughs> so like yeah i i'm very uh impressed and also grateful that you managed to get it get get to the end or maybe it's just our, our sister. Maybe it's just Yvonne running <laughs> for like a hundred hours. She's out here being like, I don't know, a good 70% of our viewers. <laughs> Anyhow. um, Yeah, well. I think, Yeah, I think, I, thought... I think our thoughts have been summarized. So. Yeah. yeah. So, well, this was the Three Masons podcast. I'm your occasional host, Abby. Well, you were. Well, I was your occasional (laughs) host Abby thank you for listening again signing out